Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. We're back with a bang today after a brief hiatus on The Crunch and what an episode to kick us off. We had Shane Kempton in The Crunch Room today. Shane is a renowned coach and speaker and he's led three of Australia's largest real estate brands as CEO. He's currently working with LJ Hooker Group as their high performance coach and he's the sales leader for LJ Hooker Avenue, which is uh, their new brand. He's also written two books. He's created a number of systems and methods for being the best version of yourself, the most recent being his traffic light system for understanding mindset. It's all available on his website shanekempton.com if you want to check it out Um, and this conversation was absolutely wide-ranging from tech disruption in real estate all the way through to the key factors for success i thoroughly enjoyed sitting down with shane so i hope you do too Shane Kempton, thank you very much for coming in today my pleasure you've reinvigorated my uh my you know, want to do the crunch. So I'm re- very appreciative. Um, before we kick things off or to kick things off, I always ask people their background, how they got to where they are. And yours is a particularly interesting one um, from kind of being in the military to CEO of some of some national brands. Can you give me a quick rundown of where you've come from? Yeah, look, it's been a, a crazy almost three decades now, uh, my time in, in uh, real estate. So I, I got into real estate in my early 20s. Uh, I was building a set of duplexes with my uncle and mm. uh, I ended up getting uh, the local real estate agent to sell them. At the time was uh, uh, an iconic uh, figure of the industry here, Jeff Baldwin. Okay. Came and he, uh, he took one look at me and he said, mate, rather than me sell them, why don't you come work for me and sell them yourself? So that's how I got into, into real estate. Mm. Um, I was selling new houses at the time, but made the switch to residential real estate. So I worked with Jeff for a number of years. Um, and that was in the, the early nineties when the market was just about to crash again. And I had the wrong plan. Like I was earning good money. I was, I, I did really well when I first started in real estate. Um, and I was just spending that money on fast cars, long lunches <laughs> as a young, you <laughs> the know, quintessential real estate agent. Bloke does. Uh, <laughs> and the market crashed and I just had nothing, nothing behind me. So I, I tried jumping ships. I tried going for another brand and chasing a higher commission, but I just had the wrong plan, the wrong philosophy. And, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up going back to Jeff and I said, mate, look, I've, I've stuffed up, you know, I've done it, done it wrong. What shall I do? And he says, mate, you need to learn about loyalty. You need to learn about discipline. Go join the army. So I did. Oh, right. So, so that's, that's how when I, that came in. Yeah. Ah. So I went off to the army for five years and um, learned a lot about myself and uh, and about those things that Jeff suggested, you know, loyalty and discipline and pride. And uh, and I came back re-energized, you know, and I came back to Jeff after I'd done my five years. I said, Jeff, look, I'm, I'm ready to come back. He says, great. You're starting from the bottom of the ladder again, you know. You And so I came back as a salesperson. Uh, worked my way up to sales manager, then his general manager. Then I brought the business off of Jeff and we mm-hmm. set up a, a shareholder structure with myself with 10 others. Uh, Jeff went off to be the CEO of Roy Weston's um, at the time, the old brand, Roy Weston. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, our team there, we we took that office um, from, a, I think we're turning over a couple of million dollars per year to almost a $10 million organization in wow. five years. So we're number one for Roy Weston. Um I sold that business uh, and took over as CEO of Roy Weston's um, when Jeff st- uh, stood down. And then I led Roy Weston's, did the whole rebrand to Harcourts, mm-hmm. um, did that for a couple of years, left uh, uh, that business after I think two or three years as CEO in that role, went off coaching training full time 
and then got back into real estate with the professionals mm-hmm. and uh, was their CEO for WANT for a couple of years and then their inaugural international CEO. So I led them for Australia and New Zealand, did their complete rebrand uh, a few years ago and then went back to coaching and training full time after five years of corporate life and travelling over the East Coast. Back Needed and a break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, did some work with Michael Shieldgold and his uh, group of independents, Real Estate Results Network, which Mm -hmm. was great as a coach. Uh, And then decided to go back out full time on my own, which is what I've been doing until recently when I've uh, started to team up with LJ Hooker. Beautiful. Yeah. Very exciting. Now, I'm going to come back to that, but I want to, we're going to talk in a later on about Mm. the elements of what makes a person successful or what those are. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think it was? The very first time Jeff said, why don't you come and sell with me? What do you think it was about you at that time that made him take a punt on you? Um, well, it definitely wasn't my good looks or anything like that. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think it was a personality. Like like Jeff and, and, and myself when I was recruiting my own team down years down the track, you just look for that spark in a personality. You yeah. Know, someone that's personal, approachable, friendly, um, can hold a conversation um, I think they're the key elements, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Jeff saw that in me. I was a, although I seem as an, an extrovert, I'm actually, I'm an introvert. Yeah. But when I'm around people, I can, I, I can talk, I can relate to people at different levels. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that was that ability just to hold a conversation, to be likable, to be genuine. Mm-hmm. And that's the big one. I think being yeah. authentic, you know, I was, I was, I run my own race, mm-hmm. you know, and Jeff saw that and he, and I think that's what uh, I guess compelled him to say, Hey, come work for me. Come on down. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So now Currently, back to LJ Hooker, yeah. high performance coach at LJ Hooker Connect, so the, mm. the whole group yep. basically, um, and you're also sales leader at LJ Hooker Avenue, um, and then you've got still your own coaching clients, your, your mindset, your, your speaking, all of that. How do you kind of balance everything? Yeah, look, uh, sometimes when you when you ask a question like that, you, you wonder yourself, <laughs> and uh, it's interesting. I was running a coaching session this morning uh, with someone, and I had a similar conversation, and we, we spoke about being single focused. Now... Mm. On the outside, it, it looks like I'm doing multiple different things. And as a younger coach, I was. I was I sort of coached in the car industry, coached in the real estate industry, in the mining sector, media, mortgage broking. And I was trying to adapt my coaching and, and the salesy side of things to the different industries, mm-hmm. which, which was good, but it wasn't really authentic. And over the years, I guess I've had the luxury now of time to really perfect my art, perfect what... I'm good at perfect my IP and I guess to perfect my calling. And I, I'm very clear on what I coach on now. And that's more about mindset and, and working on the person being the best version of themselves. So mm-hmm. I've shifted from the real estate scripts and dialogue side of things. And right. I, my approach is if you're a better person, you're going to be a better real estate agent, a better doctor, a better lawyer, a better garbo, a better, you know, broker, et cetera. So yeah. I'm really clear that I work on working on the human element of mm-hmm. coaching. Um, and so w- by doing that, I'm not changing it. My distributions might be different, but my message is the same. Like I'm okay. working on you as an individual. How do we help you become the best version of you? Then we can plug in any training that we want and you'll excel in that space. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where my coaching comes into play. So as, as sales leader of Avenue here in WA, it's a new brand that we're launching. Um, you know, my role in there is to grow the people, to mm-hmm. grow the brand. My role as a high-performance coach in the LJ Hooker Network is less about the scripts and dialogues. It's about helping them have the right mindset and uh, what I talk about staying in the green zone with their with their thinking so they can be the most effective they can be and the most reliable, rely, 
relatable to the clients that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what's your split at the moment then, property versus other industry sectors? Are you still working across multiple industries yeah. in your um, coaching? Not as much now. Look, um, since taking up uh, my my partnership and working with uh, the LJ Hooker Network, my time is really mostly devoted to them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until that, I was probably 50-50. I was doing, you know, working in the car industry. I was working with some people in the mining sector, a chairman of a, of a uranium mine. Yeah. Um, so I was, and, and a few other different industries like that. But now I'm predominantly now fully focused and, and committed to working with the people in the LJ Hooker Network. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. I want to quickly touch on that because we were talking about it before we started recording. Yeah. And obviously you had such a full schedule before LJ Hooker. You've kind of gone from real estate, then back to doing your own thing. What was it about LJ Hooker that brought you back yeah. into that full-time kind of role? And look, can I tell you, it was a complete surprise. Like I just yeah. didn't see myself working for another brand. I was happy being my sort of my free agent. I was building some really good IP around my own coaching side of things. And it was just by a, a random post on LinkedIn that I saw some stuff that they were doing with their technology. And I just wrote a comment saying, hey, guys, looking great. Yeah. And I was invited to have a look at it. And uh, so I had a, 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 a met with the CEO over here and uh, and one of their BDMs and had a look at the the stuff and they said would you like to have a look a deeper look at it over in Sydney I said yeah no problems I've got some clients over there I'll go see them mm-hmm. so I flew over to Sydney and they lifted the bonnet and showed me underneath all their technology that they've been working on over the last two years and I was blown away like they. They've been working on a new world solution two mm-hmm. years ago and, mm-hmm. and now they're bringing that to life now. And particularly with what happened with COVID and things like that was the timing of where they're launching that technology was amazing. And it, you can just see the caliber of the agents that they're recruiting over on the East Coast at the moment. Yeah, um, They want to launch that technology here within their existing network and with this the new brand Avenue. Um, and so... I had to make a choice. They're either going to do it with me, without me. And they needed a coach on the ground over here to grow the people and to grow the brand. And I thought, well, I can never compete with what they're creating a technology-wise. So yeah. why not partner up with them and 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 leverage that and work with a, a business that's you know got a it's an iconic brand. It's a nearly a hundred-year-old brand now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great story behind it with you know Sir L J Hooker being the only real estate person to be knighted by the Queen. Wow. Um, and the grandson now, Janos Hooker, is now the chairman of the group, and some really good high-caliber people behind the brand. Uh, John King as uh, as as uh, CEO, Christine Michael, super coach, fantastic lady. She's I work very closely with Christine and the other coaches around the country. So, their whole approach is about growing, having the best agents connected with the best technology mm-hmm. and with the best coaches. And my role fitting there as one of the coaches and here in WA is, is super exciting. So yeah. that, that's what attracted me to the brand uh, and, and more so to the role and what they're doing there. Um, and then having the ability to maybe, you know, roll out their new stuff over here in WA and work with the whole network was really appealing. Really reinvigorating and iconic yeah. real estate brand. Mm. And I was saying to you before as well, when I, I found it really interesting that when I went onto the LJ Hooker Avenue site, um, their tech team and their engineers sit above on their kind of about us, contact us, sit above the sales reps, which is completely kind of flipping the script on any mm. other agency. And which leads me into, is that the way forward? Are we, will we see that from other agencies? Has COVID kind of, you know, pulled down the timeline on, on what was going to happen anyway? Mm. How do you kind of see that structure? And Yeah, great question. And look, I definitely think the new world was coming. Like mm-hmm. most of the other industries, everyone uses the term Uberized or yeah. Airbnb, Airbnb. on all yep. those sorts of things. <laughs> but really all it's done is just made things more transparent and more 
convenient for the consumer. And it was going to happen to our industry at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what COVID done was fast tracked all that. You know, we had to change the way we did our work and to change the way that we communicated. Uh, it's still very much a people business. So mm-hmm. we'll never get away from that. But what, what the current market conditions um, forced us to do was say, we've got to change the way we do that quickly, you know, rather than getting dragged out and ripping the Band-Aid off slowly. The Band-Aid's ripped off, it's now, ladies be done. and gentlemen, you know. Yeah. And, and I think technology now is going to be the new measure for excellence in mm-hmm. our industry. You know, you've got to have the best technology to be able to compete, to be able to communicate at that, that, at that um, same uh, scale, but also that same transparency. You know, if you look at the LJ Hooker te- um, technology they have now, they have completely made the transaction transparent now from mm-hmm. sales to settlement. We know there's about 280 steps. They've put technology behind all of that. So the consumer or the seller at any stage can just log on and see what stage things are at, what buyers have been through their property, what they're saying about it. It's, it, it, it's very cool stuff. So very similar to what Uber did with the taxi industry is what these guys have done with their technology. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about the process of, I guess, for those agencies who don't have you know, the funds to, to finance mm. something like that. Yeah. And Uber, obviously, it kind of arrived in the market overnight and all of a sudden, you know, the taxi yeah. industry was gone. Real estate, we don't transact as often, so it might be a slower burn. But what's your thoughts on those, those smaller agencies? What can they be doing now? What should they be doing yeah. in this kind of new world? Yeah, look, it's a good question. And look, there's no two ways. It's going to be harder for them. They just don't have the scale and the and the... The, I guess, the resources to be able to create their own. So they're going to have to buy off-the-shelf products, which mm. are going to become more and more available. Um, you'll see bigger players from uh, uh, overseas, a more global market coming into Australia. Yeah. So, you know, th- there's always that that overhanging perceived threat that it's going to be one of the portals that is going to be the big competitor for us as agents. It's not going to be them. In mm. fact, we should be helping and embracing them to some degree because the bigger players are going to be like your Facebooks, your Amazons, yes. all those bigger players that are coming in that are controlling the data. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So we want to make sure we're making our own stand in the marketplace as an industry and, and we're embracing those allies that we can hang on to that can work with us. So the smaller agencies, although they can't create that stuff, it will be made readily available. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take, they're going to just have to invest on the off the shelf, off the shelf stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so back to the people then, mm. I guess I wanted to know from you, your last, the last three or four months have obviously been hugely challenging. Your clients that you're coaching and, and, the, and the agents that you're working with, what's been their kind of main hurdle? What, what's been their main struggle the last? Yeah, good good question and, and definitely been an interesting time. You know, um, the way I see it is this, is that to me, the marketplace is like a set of escalators. If you imagine a set of escalators, now in a buoyant market, the escalator's off. Now, our goal is always to get to the top of the escalators. Mm-hmm. So when the, in a buoyant market, the escalator's off. So every step you take forward, every you put 100% energy in, you're going to get 100% return. Mm-hmm. In a rising market, when the escalator's going up and you're walking with it, for every step you take, you're actually making probably two steps in progress because you can leverage the market conditions. The market we've been in right now, the escalator's going down. Yeah. And we're, but we've still got to try and get up. So if an agent was still putting in the same effort, uh, and taking 100%, you know, putting a step forward, they're actually probably going backwards. They're probably only making a 75% gain. So it was all about putting, how do we put extra energy into the marketplace? How do we put extra effort in there to make sure that we're making one and a half worth of steps to make it all the way up to the top? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really about getting hyper-focused on the 
on the activities that were going to give you the biggest return. So it was easy to get distracted. It was easy to fall out of routines when we were working from home. You know, many people, we joked around at the start, you know, party down the bottom, a suit at the top, you know. You know, Zoom in pajamas. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and so it was really about helping people get the right routines in place, so they were still doing the daily discipline. So we still had to talk to people. You know, if the agents that went in the shell and sort of hid and sort of just waiting for this thing to blow over and, and things would go back to normal, my fear for them that they may become redundant. Mm-hmm. You know, because they didn't adapt quick enough. It was those agents that prepared during this time for the new world is what I coached on. So I really getting prepared, getting them to embrace technology, getting pr- uh, proficient on things like Zoom and Teams and all these different um, online communication tools, getting your CRM washed and up to date, like using that excuse to just to check in with your clients. I mm-hmm. do human calls. Yeah. Hey, Jess, this I ring up. How's things going? How are you finding things at the moment? You know, things are a little bit uncertain. This is what we know. You mm-hmm. know, it's those sort of conversations washing the databases, getting the data back to 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 um, to be cleaned. But more importantly, just having a general care about your clients. Mm. You know, and if you started focusing in on yourself, you start spiraling the wrong way. Yeah. You know, we humans we function better when we when we're serving, when we're helping other people and we take the focus off ourselves and start serving other people. So it was all about getting that mindset on your clients, looking after them, how can we serve them, giving them good up-to-date information. Our role as agents is to turn uncertainty into certainty, to turn fear into fuel, you know, and the way that we do that is through giving good information and, and genuinely caring about them. So a lot of our activities were based on that, like going into hyper care sort of mode with our clients. Mm-hmm. Would you find that the the struggles that some of your clients were having for the last three months are up? pretty consistent with what they're going to have anyway, but it's it's almost exacerbated by what's going on? Or were there other more common issues that you would generally be dealing with? Um, look, the, the, the market definitely shrunk. Mm-hmm. You know, people got fearful. They didn't want to sell. They wanted to take the properties off the market. There was less buyer inquiries. There was uncertainty around jobs, et cetera. So the pie got you know, dramatically smaller. It was getting uh, smaller and smaller still. Yeah. And I listing levels are at an all time low around yeah. the country. You know, the, the, a lot of the brands are doing, you know, listing blitzes at the moment, getting ready for spring. Uh, and the thing is in, in every, um, market, there's always opportunities in rising markets, opportunities. We, and as a general observation, if you were going to sell your property in today's market, this is the we've got the best foresight we're ever going to have. The market's not going to get any better between now and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Probably it's going to get worse. So from helping our clients co- to communicate that, so helping our agents communicate that to their clients was critical because this is the first time we've ever had a crystal ball. Mm. You know, come post 30 September, things aren't going to get better. They're probably going to get worse before they get better. Mm-hmm. There may be more distressed sales. There's all these sorts of talk from experts that are going to happen. So sharing that information with clients that may be not certain what to do, that uh, you know, may be hesitant about adjusting their price, we've got to be really clear to them, hey, we've got to meet the market. Otherwise, we're going to be chasing it for the next six months and the, and the things aren't going to get better. They'll get worse. You know, mm-hmm. So that's I think the market conditions – are probably going to, we're going to have to bounce a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, you wouldn't want to be living in any other country in the world other any than other Australia. Any other state probably. Yeah, any <laughs> other state. That's so true. <laughs> exactly right. You know, yeah. the good thing us for here in WA, we are a little bit insular. Mm. How good is our Premier being protecting us as a, as a country, as a yeah. state, sorry? Yeah. Um, and it's forced people to become hyper-local, to, to lean more on local businesses. So 
a lot of the things I've been coaching around is get together in your local community, get to all the small business together, create these business directories, Networks and and, become yeah. hyper local, yeah. you know, is, is yeah. where we can get some good leverage points. Yeah, beautiful. What would you say to someone today who came to you and said, Shane, I reckon now's the good time for me to start a career in real estate? What would your advice be? It's, it's ironic you ask me that question because it literally happened to me last week. Really? It happened to me last week. There you go. A, they saw all those land sales and thought, this is for me. Yeah. Well, I th- it was the, the fact that they were made redundant. Okay, yeah. In, in, in their role. And I said, look, I've always loved property. I love people. You know, the, the new, normal yeah. conversations yeah. that happen. And to me, the... There's never a bad time to join real estate and there's never a good time. There's only the time that you've got. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's mm-hmm. more about the things that will get you winning in a good market, in a buoyant market or a down market are exactly the same. You have to have um, – it's all about talking to people. So you can't have that fear of not talking to people. You can bluff your way through it, social media posts and things like that, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you have to talk to people. Real estate's about relationships, not about house, about houses. The houses are a side effect of a trusting relationship, mm-hmm. and you can't form a relationship with a flyer in a letterbox or a, you know, a post on social media. At some point, you have to talk to them. So mm-hmm. all those things are important as well, but you have to have the capability to get out of your comfort zone and talk to people. Yeah whether that's on the phone, on the doors at a networking event, online, however you do it, you've got to have in conversations about real estate. My acronym I use is CARE, C-A-R-E, conversations about real estate. Nice. And you've got to be able to do 20 to 30 of those a day as a minimum. Because mm-hmm. if you can't see yourself doing that, you're going to struggle to make it in real estate unless you've got a heap of coin to throw up marketing, like ten, twenty thousand $20,000 at TV, radio, mm. online, and, and you might be able to shortcut it. I've only seen that happen in less than 1% of the cases in yeah. the industry. Most of the people I've seen that have succeeded and the ones I've coached have done that hard yard and had those conversations. Well, even the people that are doing, you know, I always say to clients, if you're showing up in people's Facebook feed or their Instagram feed or their TV and you're a certain way and then you get into their lounge room and you can't speak like that, you've lost their trust straight away. Yeah. You're not, they're not going to sell their house with you no matter how glitzy and glam your marketing campaign is. So, so true. Yeah. If you go back to that question you asked me about, what Jeff saw in me, it's mm. about that authenticity, you know? And if I think is when I was a young real estate agent, I tried to be like Jeff. I tried to walk like Jeff, talk like Jeff, say all the scripts like Jeff. I'm watching him do six or seven sales a, a month and I'm getting none. It wasn't until he sort of slapped me in the face metaphorically and said to me, um, Shane, stop trying to be mean, just be you. Yeah. And then when I started being authentic, being myself, still use the scripts and dialogues, but in my language, um, then people say, hey, that's an authentic Shane Kempton, not a, a wannabe Shane Kempton. Mm-hmm. You know? So the old term, fake it till you make it, doesn't cut it in this new transparent world. Yeah, that's exactly right. What? So we spoke about the attributes he saw in you very early on. What do you think are some of the key skills that you've taken? You, you, you kind of rose through the ranks fairly quickly by the sounds of it and became CEO of some large groups and overseeing you know, a lot of different change. Mm. What are some of the key skills that you've taken from role to role? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, look, the, the big one is you, you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do hunt as a pack and you do eat alone, but you need other people, you know, and you, if you do the wrong thing by people, Perth's a village, this market's a village, you know, and mm-hmm. you get found out. So being um, respectful of other people, you know, helping other people are really key things. 
Um, be prepared to work hard when you first start. Like, there's no avoiding the hard work. You have to work hard. Yeah. You can work smart and hard, but you're not going to start in real estate by working a three-day week. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do this job part-time. Yeah. You know, it is a full-time 13-day fortnights for your first probably six months. You know, The big one, particularly if you've got a partner or a family, you need the home team advantage. Mm-hmm. Get on the same page with your partner, with your spouse, with your family. Say, hey, this is what's going to happen for the next six months. I've got to work every weekend. You're not going to see me, but I'm going to take Wednesdays off. We're going to do whatever, you know. Yeah. Making sure you're on the same page to have that home team advantage because if you don't have that and you're worried about what's happening at home when you're at work and when you're at work, you're worried what's going with home, you're just torn apart, you know. So there's little things like that that we need to do and I learned that the hard way. So as a, a sales rep progressing through the ranks, I ran, I left the army, got back into real estate and said, I've got unfinished business here. I ran hard. I was the company boy, did everything, said yes to everything. And I almost left behind the very reason why I was doing this was to create a better life for my family, mm. you know, and I ran, and it wasn't until one day I was putting my son to bed. I had the phone in my ear, like I can't see me, but I had the phone sort of under my ear, tucking him in. He's holding up a storybook for me to read. Aww. I couldn't even see it. Couldn't even see that. I was yeah. so busy talking to the phone as I'm walking out the door. Aww. My wife looks at me, he's just shaking her head. I'm going, what, what? And then, then I realized, and that was the... The four by two across the face for me to go, wow, I've got it wrong. Yeah. So we, I took that weekend off. We, we went up to old Club Capricorn. Oh, very nice. We did a business plan. We worked out what we wanted to achieve together as a family. And then instead of my wife and family resenting me working the weekends and not being around for those barbecues, she was kicking me out the door because every weekend I work was one less I needed to because my goal was to never work a weekend in real estate again. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know, and I, but I had to do for the next 18 months to take that next role to be sales manager, et cetera. So yeah. um, the hard work, home team advantage, being authentic, I think is the be the third bit I would say. When I started being truly me in all my roles, working into my strengths, outsourcing my weaknesses um, was when I started to really hit my straps as a, as a salesperson and as a leader as well. And I think as a, as a, as a human being as well, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, we're given, we're born with certain strengths. We develop certain strengths. So play to those strengths. You can invest some time trying to work on your weaknesses or you can outsource them, you mm-hmm. know, and that's someone else's strength. That's where that whole, you can't do it alone thing. When you work as a team, you know, a team, a superstar team will always beat a team of superstars yeah. every time, yeah. you know, because one and one equals three. Instead of trying to compete with each other, we, we have the greater good as front of mind. The last thing I'd say is no matter whether you're a salesperson, a sales manager, a CEO, having that compelling vision for the future is so important when, and particularly right now, more than ever, um, if you think the good old days are behind us and you're not thinking forward, you're constantly looking back behind you, you're going to fall on a hole. Mm-hmm. You know, you've always got to be progressing, thinking the best days are ahead of you. I love the little uh, book plug there. <laughs> but there's that thinking. It's where I wrote that book was saying we've got to be thinking having that compelling vision of the future because that's what drags you through the tough times. You know, mm-hmm. if we're trying to hang on to the market that was six months ago, <laughs> who would have thought we'd be saying that <laughs> six months ago? I know. But for some, that might have been a better time, but we've got to be thinking our best days ahead and have all our energy and our focus to that compelling vision for the future. Yeah. What? Tell me, um, I guess those are four things to focus on and, and, and we could look at you and say, you know, you've been so successful in your career and you've, you've done X, Y and Z. What is it that makes, what's the difference between someone who's successful and someone who's not? Because someone might look at that conversation and go, well, I work really hard and my family's behind me and all of those things and I'm still not where I want to be. So yeah. is 
in your experience, what's the is it opportunity? Is it mindset? Which obviously is a, is your kind of mantra is getting that mindset right. Yeah. Is it talent? What is it that's the pivot point on? Yeah, great question, Jess. Um, can I say it this way that we make our own luck? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the catalyst for my opportunities has been my investment into personal development. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked harder on myself over this. In like during the school years, I did everything I could to wag school. I went surfing. I, I did it, like anything I could <laughs> to get out of school. I did all the easiest subjects in year twelve: theatre, arts, <laughs> applied maths, general English, two free. So I did everything to avoid academic stuff because this wasn't passionate about it. Um, when I left school, then one of the things that Jeff got me started on when I first joined real estate as a, a young 20 year old was personal development. And then I got passionate about it. So, wow, the better, the more I'm learning, the better I'm getting, but the more I realize I don't know. So mm-hmm. I actually got passionate about personal development ever since my early twenties, I'm now 50, uh, 30 years of, I mean, I read a book a week. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to, I listen to more audio books than I read, mm-hmm. but I'm constantly putting good stuff in here which makes good stuff come out of my mouth, you know, yeah. and I, I create opportunities through, I guess, enthusiasm and, and my growth and my being curious, you know, asking the question you don't know unless you ask. Yeah. Um, so I think that your, your investment in yourself is what's going to create those opportunities. If you're investing yourself, becoming a better person, learning, becoming interesting, people are going to become interested in you. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So tell me what has been your toughest time in business? Oh, wow. Um, if I reverse engineer it and think about in modern times, um, when I was CEO, uh, and going through the rebrands, mm-hmm. um, there were some pretty tough times in there though, because there were some States that loved it and embraced it. And there was others that just fought change. Like it was the worst thing ever happening to them. And, yeah. and I guess, you know, dealing with the, the emotions of people that are invested in a, a, a brand that, that looked one way and, and trying to get them to see the vision of what the brand can look like and the potential. Uh, and then some of the discussions and board meetings that happened around that. I remember one, I went from one state on the East Coast where everyone was high-fiving and crying and they were so excited the brand <laughs> was fantastic to the next day in another state I was surrounded in a literally in a horseshoe by business owners and board members that just gave it to me like out of every barrel like like I was like the, a demon. <laughs> it was <laughs> I just had to sit there and cop it. And, uh, and that was just from the, the high of a state that was just so grateful for the change to one that was just so hate, like the venom in them. I was just sitting there going through breathing exercises, meditating as I was just <laughs> ripping shreds off my face. I was, and I got the chairman sitting next, but didn't even back me. You know, was oh, just, no. he was high-fiving me in one state and the next one he was just looking at me cop it. So, um, so that was pretty tough. How did you turn them around? You just had to listen. You yeah. know, you've got to listen. You know, there's no point fighting that. You know, you can, you've got to be empathetic. You've got to look into what's gone wrong, why they're feeling that way, uh, and get to the source of it. You know, mm-hmm. if you just fight back straight away, it's just going to, you can't beat fire with fire. You know, you've got to yeah. be empathetic. And, and they had some valid reasons why it wasn't working for them and their experience with the rebrand wasn't as good as the other state, you yeah. know, and, um, my leadership style is very much of empowerment. You know, I, I give people enough rope to skip mm-hmm. or to hang themselves mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I think I don't get in the way of other people. If if I employed someone to do a job, I don't try and do it for them. I want them to do the job I've employed them to do. And I mm-hmm. give them the scope to do that. And uh, that can bite you if you've got the wrong people in the wrong in the wrong places. So making sure that you 
employ the right people for the job and you keeping people for the right reasons is, is how, a good leadership lesson as well. How quickly do you make that decision? Um, it I don't have a rule of thumb yeah. for that. Uh, as a salesperson, I know within three months whether they're going to make it or not. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you get it wrong, but nine times out of 10, I'll know within three months. If they're not prepared to do the talking to people every day, they're not going to be able to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. um, in other roles, like in corporate roles and things like that, it may take a little bit longer to work out whether. Here's the thing, and sorry to jump a little bit that one, but when you're on a, a massive growth like I was from a personal development point of view, I, I started on the ground floor and I was, I was heading to the 15th floor. And along the way, people are going to come with you on that journey, but others will stop on the fifth floor and mm -hmm. that's that's their journey for them. And you've got to be okay with that. There's no point trying to drag them with you if they don't want to come. So you're going to have to leave some people behind on your climb. Yeah, You're not standing on their shoulders and you're not trying to hold them down, but that success for them might be the fifth floor. Yeah, Success for me was the 15th. Now, I wanted to be the CEO of a group. That was my goal. I wanted to be there. And I, and I kept learning on my way. And some people came with me on part of the journey. Some people stopped. And that was okay because that was their journey. Yeah. You know, so there'll be some people you'll you'll carry with you and there'll be others that'll stop along the way. And being okay with that, I think, is really important. Beautiful. So my last question for you today, and you've dropped you've dropped about seven hundred of these already, but <laughs> I want you to I want you to tell me what your number one biggest lesson is that you've learned over the last thirty years. Oh, wow. Can I have a few? <laughs> you <laughs> Look, can I have think, two. Okay. <laughs> Look, I think run your own race. Yeah. Run your, I, I, that term is overused. Um, but if I, if I liken it to my career and what I've done with my coaching side of things and trying to be all things to all people is you're just creating a weak foundation for yourself. You know, the, the FOPO, the fear of other people's opinion can hold people back, you know, mm -hmm. so be confident in yourself, listen to people that you trust and admire to give you good advice don't get hung up on people's opinions because mm -hmm. there'll be a lot of people trying to drag you back. Um, I did things a lot differently in real estate. You know, I was, I was known as the Clarkson commando. I used to go door knocking with my bald head and shiny shoes straight out of the military. <laughs> I used to do all silly things like that, but I got known. And some people said, you can't do that, Shane. You know, it looks ridiculous. But you know, I was a number one agent in that time. You know, when we set the goal to write $10 million in, in GCI as a business, Everyone laughed at us and said, you can't do that. No one's ever done that before, you know. But if I had I listened to those opinions, it would have held me back. But I was really clear in my compelling vision, what I wanted to achieve. We created a game plan around it to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And we took and we set the routines and rituals to deliver on that. So I guess it, it, that is one point there is that, that whole run your own race and be really clear what it is that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And your goals are your goals. Don't, don't buy a BMW X5 black V8 to impress other people because you're just going to have a $1,500 month repayment that you can't afford while you're trying to be a new agent. Drive your nice clean Commodore. It's okay. Yeah. You know, don't, don't care. People aren't going to, not going to care whether you drive that car or that car. It's just your perception of things. So mm -hmm. be really mindful of other people's opinions. Um, and just all these things I've learned the hard way. Like yeah. I've, these are not things I've read out of the book. Like <laughs> I've had the stupid car repayments. I've, I've done all the wrong things and I've learned that hard way. And that's why I love coaching in it because if I can just help someone avoid that mistake mm -hmm. and learn in a smarter way, because you can either learn by mistakes or other people's experiences, you know, and I, we're often now, I try to learn from other people's experiences yeah. so I don't have to go through the heartache and pain of it. Beautiful. Uh, I said that was my last question, but I yeah. want one more from you. Yeah. Number one podcast recommendation for 
for our listeners? Oh, there's so many out there. Um, there's one I've heard from the East Coast. No, the crunch, of course. <laughs> oh, I didn't even expect that. <laughs> Do you have a performance, one that you kind of really gravitate towards? or Look, someone who I've been uh, a student of for, I think, two decades now is Robin Sharma. Okay. One of my favourite, favourite coaches and trainers out there. He, again, he's, it might, he works on the human side of things. Uh, he's written a great book called The 5am Club, which, you know, everyone talks about the power hour in the morning and stuff. Robin Sharma was one of the first to, to talk about that 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, in fact, you hear a lot of regurgitated stuff through different avenues around the world. I always try to get to the source. Yeah. And I try to acknowledge the source where I can. You know? Yeah. And Robin Sharma's been a great coach of mine. Um, Industry-wise, look, I th- there's so much choice out there. And I think, again, if it probably reflects where the world's going at the moment, there's so much free good content mm. out there now. Yeah. So, you know, look for your your Josh Vegans, your Tom Panoses, your Matt, your Matt Steinways, yeah. you know, your, your David James is a local Perth boy. Yeah. You know, you, we've got some great, your, your Jed Xavier's, they've all got something great to offer, but not one of them knows more than all of us. Yeah. You know, so my, my advice is to have that variety. Like yeah. take what you can from all deeds and Graze. apply it to your authenticity. Graze on the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shane, tell the people where they can find your traffic light system, your book. Give yourself a plug. Look, the the best place to do that is become a member of LJ Hooker. Ah, there you go. <laughs> um, look, yeah, look, honestly, now my I do have a Facebook page, uh, Shane Kempton Coaching. Uh, I do a bit of work in men's mental health. We mm-hmm. run a, a steak sandwich group called the Steak Sandwich Men's Get Together once Love a that. month, which is cool. Love that. Um, but from a real estate perspective, look, just follow me on social media. That's the best place. Um, or come and find me on my website, shanekempton.com. Beautiful. That was Unreal. Thank you so much, Shane, for your time. My pleasure. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions. So hit me up on Instagram. You can find me on Jess at Crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend. Yeah.